Welcome to the UndraftedFreeAgent.com Mid-Major Podcast Conference Tournament Edition. I'm your host, Chris McKee. So going back to my last pod on Tuesday, we did a preview of a whole bunch of conference tournaments that were getting set to start. The Missouri Valley, Ohio Valley, Patriot League, Sunbelt, a whole bunch. And we've got them underway. And Tuesday night, what a great start to the postseason of March Madness. Yes, I consider the conference tournaments a part of March Madness. So the Horizon League, I mean, what a way to start off the conference tournament slate. I mean, Horizon League, if any of you caught the games Tuesday night, absolutely insane. So the first one, number one seed, Cleveland State, in a triple overtime winner over Purdue, Fort Wayne, 108-104. I watched this entire game. It was unbelievable. Um, Just so much fun. I mean, I picked Cleveland State to come out of that conference and win it. So obviously I was kind of you know a little nervous at a few points the way Purdue-Fort Wayne played really admirably. I think they were about 16, 17-point underdogs and obviously covered that. But, I mean, what a win from Cleveland State and what a way to start off the postseason conference schedule. So coming up next, the number one seed, Cleveland State, will face off against the eighth seed, Milwaukee, who upset Wright State 94-92, also in OT, Just about every game from the Horizon League on Tuesday went to overtime, and that was a huge upset. And you'll know, well, it wasn't that big of an upset because for those who listen to this pod and listen to my betting picks, you'll know that I called Milwaukee as the outright winner in that game to upset Wright State. So, and of course, stay tuned. I am going to drop my betting picks at the end of this episode. I was four for four. Thank you very much. On last week's episode, three for five the week before, I've been absolutely on fire. I'm hitting at about a 70% clip right now over the past probably, what, six, seven weeks for those that listen to the pod. So listen up. You know what? And you know what? I actually just, I never leave the betting account. I always kind of hooked up. We have a thing called ProLine here in Canada where you can go uh, make a bet up to $50. And it's got to be a minimum two games. You can't do one game. They are working on the one game. So I finally, just today, just before I started this pod, opened up my own account with Odd Shark. So I'm going to get into that. And I've got some bets at the end that I'm going to put some dough on myself. So also getting back to one of the games that I did pick, Oakland. Beat Youngstown State 87-83, also in overtime. And then Northern Kentucky upset Detroit Mercy 70-69. So coming up next, the other semifinal, you got Cleveland State and Milwaukee in one in the Horizon League. And second uh, semifinal will be Oakland versus Northern Kentucky. But I still imagine Cleveland State's going to come out of the Horizon League and go dancing. So then on Wednesday, we had the start of the Atlantic 10 Conference Tournament. And a huge upset to start things off, St. Joe's beat LaSalle. But then they ended up getting beaten yesterday by UMass 100-66. So the wheels fell off. So at one point this season, St. Joe's had started 1-14. And then they won their last four games heading into the conference tournament, including that game over LaSalle. And then finally ended up losing. A good way to end the season anyways for St. Joe. And then also on Wednesday, uh, George Washington beat Fordham 53-49. No shocker there. The Patriot League started on Wednesday, their postseason. And Boston University 69-58 over Lehigh. Again, no shocker. The Ohio Valley also tipped off their postseason Wednesday with number one seed Belmont. Comfortable 78-61 over Southern Illinois Edwardsville. And then Moorhead State, which is the two seed, beat Southeast Missouri 
61-54. And then they're going to play Eastern Kentucky tonight. So that's the 2 versus 3 tonight. And then the 1 versus 4 also later, Belmont's going to face Jacksonville State. So I think Belmont should get through that comfortably. I think they're about a 7.5 point favorite. And I think they do get through that. And then this, I mean, the Moorhead Eastern Kentucky, what a game. I can't wait to sit and watch that tonight. But I picked Eastern Kentucky to win the OVC. So you know who I'll be rooting for in that matchup tonight. And then also Thursday, some more A-10 matchups again. Dayton 84-72 over Rhode Island. Duquesne upset Richmond 67-62. And I've been saying this for many, many weeks on this pod. For those who listen, Richmond was fool's gold all year. They just not a good team. I mean, great team last year. And then they, I think they were just started to read their own headlines. You know, they had three guys declare for the NBA draft, which I called a joke at that time. And then I had their social media guy poking fun at me. And I had a bunch of really nasty private messages from some of their fans and some dude who runs like a Richmond fan account. Guy's a mental case. Um, but anyways, uh, I hate to say I told you so, but uh, I told you so. Richmond bows out in the first round of the A-10 tournament. They're gone. So the Atlantic Sun also started their postseason on Thursday. Liberty closely over Kennesaw State, 69-59. I watched that entire game last night. I mean, Liberty, you know, the, the top seed in the A-Sun right now. And Kennesaw gave them a game. It was, it was close all up until about the last sort of two or three minutes when Kennesaw has to start playing the foul game to try and, you know, reel Liberty in, and it didn't work out. But Liberty escapes. Also in the A-Sun, North Alabama, 68-60 over North Florida. And then Stetson over Bellarmine, 73-70. So that ends it because that would have been uncomfortable if Bellarmine won. Because they were a D2 team who transferred to D1, they were not eligible for postseason play. So And they were, at one point, the two-seed in the A-Sun, I believe, heading in. So I think that saves a lot of embarrassment for the Atlantic Sun that Bellarmine now outsteps and beat them. And then it looks like Liberty should be the cream of the crop in the A-Sun and go dancing. Also, the Big South playing again yesterday. Campbell comfortably 78-60 over Radford. And then Winthrop just ran through Longwood 82-61. I watched most of that game. Well, most of it until about the last seven or eight minutes. Once you could see that was pretty comfortable. And I jumped over to a couple other games. Another big game for Chandler Vaudrin. And then also mentioned Eastern Kentucky today. They got through Austin P 70-67. And then Jacksonville State 68-65 over Murray State in overtime. And mentioned they'll face Boise tonight. The West Coast Conference Tournament started also yesterday. But who cares? I mean, I haven't seen a single pundit anywhere pick anyone to knock off Gonzaga in that tournament. That one is kind of, you know, neither here nor there. Gonzaga was considering opting out. And Mark Few was like, no, we're going to play it. So good to see. But, I mean, that aside from Winthrop, in the Big South, which I thought they were just going to absolutely cruise through fairly easily. I mean, no one's going to touch Gonzaga at all in the West Coast Conference. Now, also today, a couple big matchups in the MVC. Loyola Chicago comfortable over Southern Illinois, 73-49. And, you know, I had Loyola Chicago. Well, now picked, I originally picked Drake to win the MVC, but with two injuries to Roman Penn and Shanquan Hemhill, they're two star players. I thought Loyola should be comfortable in running through the MVC, but Southern Illinois was my upset pick. They won two games, watched them yesterday, watched them last night win, and then just ran out of gas today. So got some post-game comments from today's win. Porter Moser, as well as Braden Norris, who had 11 points, 9 assists, and 5 rebounds. And here's his comments following a tough win over Southern Illinois this afternoon. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, we played SIU two times last weekend. And we got we got some double digit leads on them, and you know they came back. We we let them back, and you know credit to them, they came back. So we knew 
we had to just keep it on them. It's a 40-minute game. It's a long game. And, you know, today we kept it on them and played 40 minutes. And then his head coach, Porter Moser, also with his comments following today's win over Southern Illinois. The guys shared it. I mean, I, I love being a high assist when we're a high assist team, um, making shots. But, like, if you look at our numbers, when you – I was asked a question in a, in a media Zoom yesterday about – like we, we have only Crutwig's averaging double figures and the guys don't really care, but I think they're, it doesn't mean they're not capable. You know, I think all our guys, if they were taken, you know, they, they spread it out, they share it. Um, but we were, we were, you know, it, we were making some shots. I, you know, we really made some shots in practice. And I really feel like the weight of a lot of things. I felt those last three or four games, there was a lot of weight on our shoulders, trying to win the conference championship, try to staying up with all the talk about the NCAA tournament. And man, I think the guys just, Felt really loose just watching them um, in practice and after winning win the league. and just They just came in here really loose. So then also today in the Missouri Valley, this literally just finished about five minutes before I started recording this pod. Indiana State with the upset over Evansville 53-43. Well, it's not so much of an upset, but one of the things that's pretty interesting with this, you know, prior to the start of the MVC tournament, Jeff Goodwin tweeted out that Indiana State was expected to make a coaching change at the end of this season. Greg Lansing was set to be fired. Now, heading into the conference tournament, Greg Lansing just two wins shy of being the all-time win leader in the history of Indiana State. So I talked about that last week where you thought, well, the guys deserved a chance. And they went 14-9 in the regular season. It wasn't like a horrible season. But either way, they said it was supposed to be time for a change. And so yesterday, I was on the MVC coaches call, and Greg Lansing was asked about, you know, the tweet from Jeff Goodman and how is that going to affect him and his team. And I thought he had a pretty classy answer. This is what Lansing had to say. Yeah, I said it yesterday. I said, I, I appreciate support. There's no question, but I'm tired of it. I mean, this, uh, this is about a, a very good basketball team coming into a tournament uh, trying to win a championship. And these are young guys. They're on their, on social media, and they know we, we've talked about it in the preseason. We talked about it a little bit towards the start of the season. Uh, so we had to address it again when, when that came out. I was looking forward to a relaxing Sunday when, when that thing came out. And then it was the uh, last few days have been kind of crazy. But these, these are uh, smart, uh, mature young men. Uh, so we had our discussions. They, they said what they needed to say and express what they need to express. And what I told them is, is um, you know, you don't, you don't have to bear that burden. I mean, this is, this is about you guys and the team. Uh, let's do it, our job and do what we're, we're supposed to do here because that is truly what it's all about. It's about all the guys in that locker room. So that was Greg Lansing yesterday and then just before this pod. So it looks like his team is responding to that. You know, so that's one of those things where some of the guys can be like, good, let's get this guy out of here. Um, or they kind of rally around their coach, and that looks to be happening for the Sycamores right now. Big win over Evansville, and they're going to advance in the MVC. Uh, and then we got tonight, Drake versus Northern Iowa. So we'll see. Hey, I mean, how good of a story would that be if Greg Lansing does end up getting the upset, knocking off Loyola Chicago or Drake as they move ahead? And, uh, I mean, how do you fire the guy after he wins the Missouri Valley? So looks like Indiana State's got something to play for, and uh, that's a team to watch as the MVC progresses. So then also going back to Tuesday, I was on the Metro Atlantic coaches call. Their conference tournament is going to tip off on March 8th, which I believe that's Monday or Tuesday. I'm recording this on a Friday, forgive me. But uh, their entire tournament is going to take place down in Atlantic City. And Shaheen Holloway, who's the head coach of St. Peter's, was asked about the fact that there's going to be fans for the first time all season, the MAAC. 
has not had any fans, but it looks like they're going to allow some fans in Atlantic City. Friends and family going to be there. And he's not too happy about it, which was kind of annoying. But either way, here's Shaheen Holloway talking about fans being at the Metro Atlantic Conference Tournament. To be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm against it. Um, we've been not having fans all year. Um, you know, programs and coaches, every coach in this league have done a great job. And the administrators, everybody has done a great job to try to keep everybody safe and, and not have any interruptions or outside stuff. But to, don't want to try to have fans at a place like Atlantic City where it's hard to police because it's so big and, you know, you don't want guys trying to sneak out and go downstairs and see their family and friends because they haven't seen them in a long time. Personally, I'm against it. So I'm not a big component of it. So here's the thing I don't understand with that. You know, we've talked about this. Rick Pitino also mentioned this, and I'm going to play some of his audio. You know, other schools like Louisville, Kentucky, they've all had fans throughout the end of the season allowing people in. You know, we're watching, we watched the Super Bowl in a pretty much packed stadium. I watched a number of Texas A&M games with, they're claiming there's 22,000, but there was clearly 40,000, 50,000 in the stadium. Everyone's fine. Everyone's healthy. And so uh, I just, to think at this point of the season, people are still being paranoid about, all this nonsense that's being fed to them in the media, uh, a little childish, I think, at this point. And it's like, grow up. Let the kids have some fans. Let them enjoy their March Madness, especially Shaheen. Guy's a Seton Hall legend playing in front of packed arenas every night in his march to the Final Four when he was at Seton Hall in the late 90s and early 2000s. And I think it's a little selfish for a coach uh, not to want fans in there. But, you know, I, I just think it takes away from the kids' experience, their college experience. You know, when you sign up for your basketball scholarship, whatever school it is, everyone envisions themselves getting to March Madness or even their conference tournament and playing in front of a packed house. And I think it's a little selfish not to want that for your players. Either way, it's going to happen. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how Shaheen and St. Peter's react to that. So also on that conference call... On Tuesday, Rick Pitino. Now, here's the deal. I've talked, Rick is one of my favorite coaches in the history of all sports. However, since he returned, uh, I was a little annoyed at some of his comments that he made. You know, he wanted to push back the season. We're going to get into some of that. But um, here he is. Here's his opening comments from the conference call on Tuesday, where he just talks about trying to make the most of the season for him and his players. Now, going into this, Iona, 8-5 and five on the regular season. They had a whole bunch of pauses, which Rick will talk about. They're 6-3 and three in the Metro Atlantic, number two seed going into conference tournament. So they got a pretty good shot, but here's the legendary Rick Pitino. Well, obviously, we have one day of practice coming back, and it'll be uh, today as far as having a full team. And it hasn't gone well for us uh, because we've missed two months of practice and games. We're trying to make the best of it in very difficult times. We probably have been hit harder than any program in the nation. That being said, I'm very proud of our guys because they've hung in there. They've been uh, in basically in jail four different times for 14 days and has not been easy, but it is a pandemic. It's not, a, it's not something that we've seen in our lifetime and we'll try to make the best of it heading to Atlantic City. And then Rick was also asked about his comments before the season where he said he wanted to push back the start of the season. We shouldn't be playing right now. And a credit to Rick, which, you know, I, I said I, I've really admired Rick over his career regardless of what happened at Louisville because, you know, I've said this a hundred times before, that what he did at Louisville is something that just about every major college program is doing. He just got caught. And that's the only difference between Patino and some of these other guys out there who claim to be holier than now is Rick got caught. But they're all doing it, and if you don't think so, uh, you're naive. Now, that's not to say that's not happening at the mid-major level or the low-major level, but with the big boys, man, money's being exchanged. You know, things are happening. Kids are getting sorted out, and uh, Rick just got caught with it. But 
He kind of backed down on his statement about what he made before the year, about pushing the season back and canceling it, and kind of, in hindsight, uh, was reflective, and these were his comments about his initial thought of pushing back the season. Well, what I said was, let's push it back to May Madness to create herd immunity, let all the players get the virus, which hasn't hurt the young people that much. Uh, let's let the vaccines come out. I said February, and uh, I was pretty much on the money with that. And then start the season at the end of February when most of the players have had it. Herd immunity sets in, the vaccine sets in, and we'll have a safe environment. I think in the end, I was probably correct in my assessment, but uh, I, I do not blame anybody for trying to, because of all the contractual obligations of having uh, inside the bubble in Indianapolis, which is the safest environment. So it's not about being right or wrong. It was a suggestion I had. Um, and um, certainly the NC I, I didn't think the NCAA would, would listen to my suggestion. And we move on. And then also, you know, everyone expected Iona to kind of be at least maybe year two where Rick was able to flip the switch and make them a powerhouse in the Metro Atlantic. But he's done a fairly good job this year, despite all those pauses he's talked about. And Iona Gales are in a pretty good spot to go dancing. And uh, here's Rick Pitino talking about his chances to perhaps win the conference tournament in Atlantic City. Well, the first thing we have to do is get in shape. We have to get back in shape. Four different times we've our players have been out of shape coming back, and I found it to be extremely difficult to get them back in shape. And what has happened each time, and this is what I've learned from that, is every time we've tried to get the players back in shape, um, we've had players pull hamstrings, pull groins. So I'm going to go very slow this time, and especially with Isaiah Russ. Today we tried to just put him through some shooting drills, and he immediately blew out his back. So we're going to take it slow with the guys, especially Isaiah Ross, and see if we can get them back in shape by Sunday. If not, they're going to play uh, less minutes than they've played uh, in the past. So there you have a legendary head coach, Rick Pitino, in his first season back in college basketball after being uh, punted by the NCAA, and he was over in Greece coaching. But great to see back, and uh, I'd be pretty happy to see him in March Madness. So Wanted to get to some betting picks. I mentioned I opened my own betting account finally, as opposed to just playing some pro line and just a couple tickets. And so I'm going to be putting my own money on these exact games that we're talking about right now. So I mentioned four for four on Tuesday's pod, three for five the week before. And then heading into that, I was 15 of 22. So I am absolutely on fire over the past couple of weeks. And here's my betting picks. These games are all for Saturday. I didn't want to get in today because I didn't know what time I was going to get this pot up. It's Friday. It's my day off. I'm kind of running around doing some other stuff. So all these games are for Saturday. So the first game I like from the Northeast Conference Tournament, Bryant minus two and a half over Sacred Heart. So this one's really puzzling to me because Bryant's a damn good team. They're 14 and five on the season, 10 and four in conference in the Northeast. Sacred Heart, nine and eight on the season. And 9-7 and seven in conference, so only played one out-of-conference game. And uh, Bryant, a couple weeks ago, were the number two scoring offense in all of college basketball, just behind Gonzaga and, had, and ahead of Iowa. I mean, they've kind of dropped down a little bit, but still the number six scoring offense in all of college basketball, 347 teams, and Bryant's number six. They're also the number seventh-ranked team in rebounds. So they got some stuff going on. I mean, it's a good basketball team. And Sacred Heart, mm, I'm, I'm not really buying them. So two and a half for Bryant, man. Jump on that now because that line just seems way out of whack. But uh, expect Bryant to win that one comfortably. 
Also Saturday, in the Patriot League Conference Tournament, Navy, who's the number one seed in the Patriot League, minus four and a half versus Loyola. And again, I don't understand this line. Navy is 15-2, and two, and Loyola 4-10, and 10, and I think one of their wins was against a D2 team. It's just not a very good team. And also, heading into the conference tournament, these two teams played each other back-to-back. -back. Navy beat them comfortably both times. So take the midshipmen pretty easily. Navy minus four and a half in the Patriot League. Man, they're the number one seed. I still think Colgate's going to win the Patriot League, but they should be facing off with Navy in that final. And then finally, my third bet from the Summit League Conference Tournament, South Dakota minus eight versus Western Illinois. South Dakota, the number one seed heading into the Summit League Tournament. They were 13-10 and 10 on the season, but 11-4 and four in the Summit League. They're, they're a pretty good team. I've watched them quite a bit over the past couple weeks. They got some guys. Western Illinois, 7-14 and 14 on the season, just 5-9 and nine in conference. I, I think they're terrible. So Western Illinois, number 329 in points allowed all season out of 347. And you got South Dakota, who's number 74 in points scored. They're also 7th in free throws. I've talked about that. Teams that can hit free throws especially when you come to betting lines and stuff like that, go with them, look for them. And I think South Dakota, comfortable by about 17, 18, 19 points, will roll over Western Illinois. So there's three games for you. So I want to wrap this up because I want to edit this, and I want to sit down and watch some college basketball myself. ton of great games tonight. I'm going to be soaking in some of that OVC, that Belmont, and especially that Moorhead EKU game. So I hope you enjoy it. And of course, check out undraftedfreeagent.com, the website. I got a whole bunch of information about who are the conference players, who are the brackets. You can go check out a lot of that for a lot of these mid-major tournaments up on my website, undraftedfreeagent.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at Mr. McKee. And as well, follow the undraftedfreeagent.com socials. Our Instagram starting to warm up a little. Twitter still a work in progress, but uh, please drop it a follow, especially during March. I thought that'd be a good time to finally get uh, some traction on our UFA socials. But either way, uh, I got a couple thousand people on my Twitter. Hit me up. Drop me a line. Any questions about any of these teams, I'm always happy to chat. And uh, we'll be back with another podcast on Monday or Tuesday. The beating of my heart.